just check in the eyeballs. Hi everyone. Good to see you, good to see you. Um, yeah, I felt it necessary for us to um, prepare a little bit for the silly season, to guard our hearts at this time. Um, we're recognizing that we're possibly getting a bit tired, um, people feeling a little bit weary. Um, but we need to preserve what has already been deposited this year already. Um, and as we begin to leave the safety of our church family and going out there into the lion's den of Christmas break. So my title for today is More Than Conquerors. Be steadfast, be resolute. This Christmas season is surely an amazing time for us to shine the brightest. Not to be judgmental, but with all humility and self-control to shine. And I want us to rest well, um, not from, but towards. For us to strain forward to what promises to be an even more productive and kingdom advance next year. A lot of us may at this time take a break, go on leave, perhaps miss a service or three, or visit with family. A time where we perhaps are going to get to take our Christianity out for a walk. Talking about a little bit of exposure. Being outside of the bubble of church and the spiritual family that we cling to here at Josh Jen. And that's why I wanted for today to be a reminder of what we are called to. A final message for 2021. Before I start on my message, um, we have a prophetic word or a now word for the congregation coming through this week from a trust, trusted prophetic voice on our group. So I'm just going to read it straight. Morning, guys. This is a female voice. This past few mornings, I was just so encouraged by the book of Exodus. I felt a warning and encouragement for us during this December, but also going forward in 2022. In Exodus, Moses comes and tells the Israelites that God heard their cries and seen their pain and he is going to deliver, free them from the Egyptian oppression. But then when Pharaoh hears about it, he doubles their work and says, make the work harder for the people so that they keep working and pay no attention to lies. By this, I just felt that would be the tactic of the enemy in many of our lives, to keep us distracted and busy with many things so that we do not see the deliverance, promises, etc. of the Lord. And we do not have the time to listen to his voice. Or the voice of the slave drivers drowning out the voice of God in our lives. We need to be vigilant with what we give our eyes and ears to. 
Because otherwise, we will actually start despising the word of God in our lives. Just like the Israelites did and told Moses to leave them as they were, as slaves. Lastly, I want to say, before the Israelites were freed from Egypt, their suffering first became more intense before their deliverance came. Usually before God sets us free or delivers us from bondages or things in our lives, the attacks and pressures will become more intense. Just like the Israelites that had to work double hard now making bricks. The enemy wants us to give up there and not trust for breakthrough and then every attack feels more intense. But it is there where we need to see that which lies ahead, the promised land. Otherwise, we will die in Egypt. There is a saying, the night is most dark before the dawn. And Psalm 30 verse 5 says, For his anger endureth but a moment, and in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. She's obviously got a King James Bible. Do not draw back when the night looks most dark, when the enemy brings distractions and intenses the attacks. Stand your ground, put on the full armor, and trust God that he will finish what he has started and bring you into the promised land. Do not rely on your own understanding, but trust God that he knows what is needed and what he is doing. If it wasn't for God, the Israelites would have been stuck in Egypt as slaves. We need only be willing and obedient. Isaiah 1.19 says, If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. But if you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So that's that word. And hopefully we can see the marry with today's word I have for you. A couple of words coming up. Over the last month among us, we're going to use them for the adventure quest um, theme. And what does it mean to be more than a conqueror? I wanted this evening to light a flame or turn on a light for you as we go into an even more difficult time. And I would love to start by reading Romans 8. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the Lord, the Spirit, who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemns sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. 
Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit that lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, that's us. We have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if, you, but if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs of Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself would be liberated from its bondage to decay, and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our heart knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people according to the will of God. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. 
And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. And then on to the key passages. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all long, all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Back to verse 37, Rene. Verse 37 says, No, that in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. I wanted to encourage us all today as we face off against our challenges, and we all have them, be it your job situation, the long year, relationships lost, finances, living arrangements, loss of loved ones, personal emotions, fear, doubt, uncertainty, depression, loneliness, frustration, anger, lack, self-pity, anxiety, worry, that through it all we are more than conquerors through him, Jesus, Son of God. He who loves us, paying the full price for you and for me. This has to mean something. You'd be interested to know the use of the term more than conquerors only appears here in the New Testament. Its direct meaning is to those who gain surpassing victory. To be completely victorious. To carry away an overwhelming victory. 
what Paul's saying, the reality that you and I need to grasp onto, the words we, you can keep that verse up there, Renee. We. That's all of us, plural. Are. Present tense. Active. More than conquerors. In other words, we need to keep on winning a glorious victory. The fact is that even when all of what we are facing feels like, appears like, feels like our backs are up against the wall, we are still called for now and forever to be more than conquerors. And God will strengthen us to live out this glorious, present tense victory every day. Amen? All this despite how things look to us, how we feel about our circumstances or situations. It says we are more than conquerors in all these things. Most of us have the idea that victory occurs when we are living lives that are free from worries or challenges. But what Paul is telling us here is something very different. We are more than conquerors in all these things, in spite of everything the world can throw at us. That exhausted list, job situation, the long year, relationships lost, anxiety, fear, anger, all these things. He tells us that not only do we have victory over sin and Satan, but we have it over the world. The afflictions and the persecutions, not only overcome, but better off and stronger for it. don't know if you recall in John 16 33 Jesus promises us in this world you will have trouble but we are more than conquerors we are more than conquerors over all those who would challenge our relationship with the Lord verse 33 God has justified us. We are more than conquerors over those who would condemn us or call us unworthy. Where is your value today? Where is your sonship? Last week we touched on it. Jesus Christ died for us on the cross and he shed his blood to save us. And no one can undo what he did that day on the cross. Verse 33, we're still there. Jesus promises us, I've told you these things, that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. The world has, is, and always will be against us. The attacks are increasing in frequency and severity. 
back in Romans, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? In spite of everything the world wants to throw at us, we are still more than conquerors over all these destructive plans. We are more than conquerors, not by avoiding these things, but by standing in the face of adversity and claiming the victory. Not by our own hands or might, but by His, in Jesus' name. When you accepted Jesus, when you surrendered your life, God gave you a new heart. He didn't repair your old heart. Gave you a new one. God took your old heart that was cold and hard and replaced it with a new soft heart. He filled this new soft heart with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowered you to hear His voice and to obey Him. God's presence and power is in you and it is real. Be more than conquerors and live it. Now for the reality check. It's very easy at this point now to have your fires kindled, to even be feeling a bit better about your circumstances, that we can win this thing, hey? But I would be neglecting or neglectful if I didn't point us to the real reason, the vehicle of this victory, the why. It's definitely not for ourselves. Not for selfishness sake, but for selflessness. It's for him, his gain. Paul writes for us in verse 37. That the only reason that we are more than conquerors in this life is through him that loved us. Our more than conquerors status doesn't happen for us or is based on our efforts. Our more than conquerors status, the victory, rests in Jesus. His victory, his alone. Verse 38, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The love of God for us, his children, is so pursuant of us that God wants us to know that nothing, not anything, can separate us from his love. And it's for this very reason that we hold on to everything he has for us, how we regard one another in life, why without love we are nothing. I preached it a while ago, 1 Corinthians 13, 1-3. If I speak in the tongues of men, or of angels, but do not have love. I am only a resounding gong 
or clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. So, we are more than conquerors. And to ensure our victory, the Lord promises us that his love is the guarantee to that victory. Guarantee of all the things, victory against all the things that have come against us. Do you believe what the Bible says about who you are in him? You are more than a conqueror. So you might be asking, what does this mean for you, Ryan? What do you do to embrace this more than a conqueror position? Great question, Nick. Number one, I guard my attention. Whatever I find myself thinking often becomes my reality. If I give myself to negativity, I allow negativity to take a hold of me. If I focus on selfish and physical things, cars, new tech, etc., I start finding myself falling into my fallen self. If I give myself to murmuring under my breath, complaining and distracted by the unfairness of life, I know I'm never helping resolve the issue. Instead, I end up adding more to my frustration, my anger, bitterness, disappointment, injustice. So instead, I choose to focus on the positive. The truth I've come to know and love. The love, the light, and the life of Jesus Christ. Philippians 4.8, I don't think I gave it to Renee. Whatsoever, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, think on these things. I always try to think like a victor, not a victim. In the midst of my challenges with cancer, I immediately was blessed with faith. Not an immediate healing, but a surety. A faith that wasn't going to move a mountain, but one that was going to allow me to face giants in the high country, like Caleb and Joshua. I've never allowed myself to be sidetracked with victim thoughts like I'm under attack. Instead, I try thinking victorious thoughts like, God, thank you that in every battle there is an opportunity to take territory. It says in 1 Peter 5 verse 8 that the devil is looking for some victim to devour. I'm not a victim. I am resolute. 
my wife will say that sometimes I can look a bit stubborn. <laughs> when I gave up smoking a very long time ago, I knew that the last cigarette I had was the last cigarette I was ever going to have. It was not only a gift, but it was a decision. One I made resolutely. And then finally, I make a conscious decision daily to allow God via the Holy Spirit and the many men and women around me to change me. In this way, he helps me see the patterns of wrong thoughts or deeds. And it's not because he is mad or disappointed in me. It's because he loves me and wants to inhabit me even more. He wants me to walk in the fullness of what he has given me. He wants me to realize that when I change my mind, when I make a better decision, I actually do change my reality. Romans 12.2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. To do this, us and our family started with this what would Jesus do bracelet. Seen these? It's a bit of... I always thought it was a bit cheesy. <laughs> but it really is a by the second reminder of making better choices. And we've seen it with our boys. Who's got it on? Dave. It doesn't surprise me. <laughs> your life is not defined by your situation. Your life is defined by who you are in Christ. You are treasured by Abba Father. Do you want to live in victory? Who wants to live in victory? then it's time to start thinking about what you are thinking about. And especially about how we are doing life. Paul lets us know there is a key to being more than conquerors and to living in the fullness of Christ. And that is for us not to think as the world thinks. Instead, we are to allow the Holy Spirit in to come and do a renovation in our minds. All this so we start thinking in a new way. Not earthly, but from a kingdom point of view. Romans 12.2 Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. Colossians 3, 1 to 4. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. 
as we go into the silly season, the crazy season, as my family calls it, as we continue to face old adversities and perhaps new ones, let's not do it the same way that we have always done. Let's choose to change, as difficult as it may be. Why? Another great question, Nick. Because we now know so much more. We have so much more assurance from this message in Romans 8. I challenge all of us, and I've said it before, for all scenarios we are facing, to do life with as much resemblance of God's love as we can. As difficult as it may be, with as much tenacity as you can muster to an equal measure that was afforded you. Never forgetting, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. And it is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. I was just about to call the worship guys up. So the rest of the worship team can come up. Kerbis will join them soon. You bow your heads and close your eyes, please. So this amazing truth that we have before us, this amazing encouragement that we have this amazing promise of being more than conquerors comes to those who know Christ, those who have chosen Christ, those who have received the Holy Spirit in their lives. It doesn't exclude you, however, if you haven't. You just need to make that choice. You need to boldly raise your hand and say, Lord, be my Lord. It doesn't mean perfection. It doesn't mean even a great understanding, greater understanding. The only understanding you require is that the only way to heaven, to the everlasting, is via His Son, Jesus Christ. Accepting Him as Lord over your life. The truth is, why you are here is because Jesus died on the cross for each and every one of you. Whether you accept Him in your life or you haven't, He did it for you. He did it for us. It's the perfect sacrifice. If you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you really believe the Lord is knocking on your door today, can I ask you to raise your hand? I would love to pray with you. If that is you, 
God is knocking. He's not going to open the door. You need to walk to the door and open it. Anyone? Okay. For the rest of us, can we stand? Please. Pray with me. Let's not lose our attention just yet. Father, if you agree, just say an amen. Father, we choose to focus on the positive. Focus on the kingdom of truth. We choose to ask you to come and power the love, light, and life of Jesus to fill us and flow through us. Father, in the same way Paul suggested, we ask that whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, just, pure, lovely, of a good report, we too want to think on these things. Like Paul, we choose to fill our life's story with joy, rejoicing, eager expectation, hope, confidence, and peace. If you catch yourself having a negative perspective, Remember that you are undergoing a mental renovation. Holy Spirit, please come and help us. Catch us before wrong thoughts take hold. Take them captive, Holy Spirit. Cast them down and replace them with victorious kingdom thoughts. We ask this, Father, in the wonderful name of your Son,